0: Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today, you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. I've sinned way too many times in life. Um, doing some calculations here. Let's say it's about the time I was eight years old and, and that I was really aware, you know, of the ideas of right and wrong and able to make a choice. And, and if, if you average about five times a day having sinned, and I mean, when you start thinking about sin, you can think, uh, of course, all the big things we would think, but you can also, if you're thinking the wrong way about things, right, and you know it and you let it go, there's many things that you ought to do, but you don't being motivated by selfishness. I mean, I think five times a day is probably pretty conservative. I'm closing in on 100,000 sins in my life. That's way too many, isn't it? And yet, it's where we live, isn't it? Anytime we start having a conversation about sin and start thinking about it and what it does, we inevitably, if, if we're really trying to think through it, we end up having a conversation about ourselves. Sin is a very real thing in our lives. It's, 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 and it does so much damage. I mean, and it's incremental. I mean, you, you wouldn't have to do very much damage, but 100,000 times a little bit of damage adds up, doesn't it? And for those who never come to Christ, that damage just spills right out into eternity. Separated from God forever in hell. What a disaster. Sin is a really, 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 really bad thing. Uh, And sometimes we take it too lightly. Um, We allow things to continue that we ought not. And so, as we look at the scriptures here, and started last week, and, and again this week, we want to talk about how to stop sinning. That'll come up, and I think, as we go through the sermon here today, that I, obviously we probably are never going to permanently stop sinning until this life is over. But we can make progress. I, every time I say, okay, I don't sin this time, I make a different choice, I have stopped sinning there. And that's a good thing, a positive thing, it enables us to uh, do the things that God wants us to do. If nothing else, God's, God's glory is robbed. Well, every time I sin, you know, his image, his glory in me is dimmed a little bit. And now it comes back, thankfully. But so it's really, really important that we address this issue. Um, so we started last week in in, in Romans chapter 6, and we... We said this, and I said, if you don't remember, if you remember anything else, remember this, that you need to choose to believe the right thing so you can choose to do the right thing. And, and we talked about this, the idea of, of the fact that if I am a sinner by nature still, what do sinners by nature do? They sin. Okay, that's just the way we are. I think we'll elaborate a little bit more on that as we get uh, farther down in the sermon here today. But Romans chapter 6 tells us that we were united with Christ when we became believers. That moment we trusted Christ, that God took us and he put us into Christ. And by putting us into Christ and making united with Christ, and of course Christ came to live with us. It's all intertwined now. So that Christ's death, in essence, becomes our death. And the Bible says he died to sin. And so therefore we died to sin. And then he rose again in newness of life. And so God has given us new life. And so the Bible tells us that we are dead to sin and that it no longer has the power to control us. And yet we what? Sin. We still sin. But we remembered we can say what to sin now? We can say no to sin and yes to God because of what God has done in our life when we receive Christ's Savior. We can do that. Before we could not do that, now we can. Now, what we didn't have time to get to in chapter six last week as uh, two ideas, he says, okay, so believe this is true. Reckon this to be true in your own life. Say that it is true in your own life. With your reasoning as you think about life, say this is true about my life and, and, and think accordingly. And then he said this, to start consciously to present yourself to God instead of to sin. So when we say to choose to do the right thing, what are we talking about when we're saying doing the right thing? Well, in Romans chapter 6, and I'll just give you the quick summary here. This is what he says. Doing the right thing means this. Consistently presenting ourselves, including our bodies, to God instead of to sin. All right? So we typically you know, have this sin focus. And no, I, don't, I can do that. No, yes, no, no. You know, the temptation, the pull, right? And he says what well, we need to do, instead of having that, we need to say, wait a minute. Okay, here's, here's God. and right. Okay. I present myself to you to do what's right here. Because this fight against sin, and no, you get into James chapter one, it becomes very clear. You take a couple steps down that road and eventually you lose that fight. So before you go down that road, you say, wait a minute, God, here I am, I'm yours, okay? And the second thing he says to do is to remember that uh, sin is terrible and and what it does in your life. He says sin always brings forth death. James says the same thing. It brings forth death. Every time you sin, something dies. A a hope dies. Uh, A bit of life dies. A relationship starts to die. I mean, it brings death. And we want to remember that. Now, you know, everybody doesn't end up lying in the gutter, you know, reeking of vomit and urine. Not everybody ends up there on the outside, but if we don't deal with sin, we end up there on the inside. It's ugly. It's terrible. And we need to remember that. So when I'm confronted with this temptation here, whatever it comes, and all of a sudden, because I'm I'm human, I have natural desires, I I want to be important, I want my life to matter, I I wanna feel safe and secure, and so sin lies to me and the temptation, there it is. And he said, aha, no, I know better. I know where you're taking me. I know where this goes. I don't want to go there. He says, you've got to remember that. Keep that at the forefront of your mind, okay? All right, so now we've got to choose to do, believe the right things. And the, the reason we talked about them is because it's not, um, it's not intuitive, this idea of that I died to sin and now you know I can, I'm dead to sin and I can say no. To, that's not an intuitive kind of thing. We have to actually look at what the Bible says and choose to believe it. So then we can choose to do the right thing. And the right thing being, present yourself to God and remember where sin will take you. So we're all set now, right? Easy breezy. We're we're done. Right? Shall so we just go have coffee? And stand around out there and not sin? No. So I think you know, if you're paying attention to life and paying attention here this morning, you're gonna say, Okay, so I've, I've heard the words and I, 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 and even I consciously, accept those things as true. But it doesn't feel like it's really working very well in my life. I still find myself, you know, struggling with this. Well, we'll turn to, in your Bibles to Romans chapter seven, which is where we're gonna be today And I'm just going to look at one verse here to start with. We'll sit down and work through some verses in a little bit. Romans chapter 7, verse 15. By the way, who wrote the book of Romans? The Apostle Paul. You know, we think of him as, I think, a spiritual giant. What a great preacher. Went all around the world, the known world at that time, the civilized world, preaching the gospel. Paid a huge price for doing it. Committed to God. Wrote, uh, you know, so much of our New Testament. In verse number 15, he says about his own life, he says... For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, notice what I really want to do, he says, that I do not practice. But what I hate, talking about sin, that I do. If the Apostle Paul struggled, you suppose we can expect ourselves to struggle? Right, so what's up with the struggle? And why do we struggle? Well, the apostle Paul, uh, let, let's go back over in chapter six here for just a moment. He, he keeps coming back this idea. He starts in chapter, hmm, I think he really zooms in on chapter three, amplifies chapter four, chapter five. He just makes it very, very clear in chapter six. He starts dealing with uh, the consequences of this issue. And verse number fourteen, he keeps coming back to this with his whole idea of you don't have to sin, you don't have to sin. Why? Verse fourteen: For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law but under grace. And then I got to be honest with you. For years, you know, I've I've heard that, listened to that, and kind of what does that really mean? How does it really work? This idea of being on. Un- he says because you're not under law but under grace, you don't have to sin. Does that, you know, make sense to me? What do you mean? Okay, so we're not under the rules, and so therefore we don't. Because sin is still sin, he makes that point elsewhere here, and that the law is holy and good and right. So what's up with that? Well, I think it's it's starting to come into focus for me, and and here's what I think the idea is this that the law focus, when you have a focus on the law, my relationship with God, my relationship with doing what's right is following these rules, all of these rules, do these things, do these things, don't do these things, don't do these things, don't do things this way, think this, da, 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 that focus is a focus on sin. Because what are we always focusing on? Not doing what's wrong, or sinning by not doing what's right we have this long list of things, so we focus on it, focus on it. We're focusing on sin. And he's saying, no, no, you're not under law. Don't have a sin focus anymore. Have a God focus. A grace relationship with God focus. Now, let's see if we can think about this a little bit. Imagine a uh, relationship with your spouse or maybe a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Or uh, Imagine this, that I'll put myself in this place, okay? I'm in this relationship with, with my wife and I say, okay, all right, so what I gotta do today is not commit adultery, right? Okay, oh wait, I can't commit adultery. Oh wait, wait, I can't, I can't think that way. I can, oh, I can't look there. I can't, uh, all right, don't do this and, and stop. Oh, definitely don't do that, she'll get all upset. Uh, Is that a healthy relationship? What's it keep me focused on? All of the bad stuff, all of the wrong stuff is my focus. Now, is it good to know that I ought not do those things? Yeah, but a healthy relationship, I'm gonna be focused on my wife, on loving her, on on enjoying my relationship with her, on being a blessing to her, you know, walking through life together with her. That's a healthy relationship. And so it is with God. What he's telling us is that the law came, God gave the law to show us. He says it says a couple of times in this passage of Scripture. He gave us the law. In fact, let's just look at, the, at one of the last ones that Paul says here. Chapter 7. Let me see here. I apologize for not... Well, it's in 6, too, but I was looking for a different one. Well, anyway, it's this. Oh, there it is. right there where I looked at it. Start with verse 13, chapter 7. Talking about the law. Let's look at verse 12. He says, therefore, the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. Is, Is what God says, all the rules, are they right? Are they good? Are they holy? Yes, they absolutely are. Verse 13 has, then, what is good become death to me? Because, Points out my sin and stirs up sin. And he says, Certainly not, but sin, that it might appear sin or might appear sinful, was producing death in me through what is good. Notice this whole idea of the law bringing that awareness and showing me my sins. He says, So that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. In other words, the focus on the law and the law's purpose, the plan, one of, one of its great purposes was to show me how desperately sinful I am and how desperately I need a Savior. That's one of its purposes. Well, I have received Christ. I have come to grips with the fact that I am desperately in need of a Savior. And when I, that moment I received Christ, all of my sins were paid for. All the ones I ever have committed, all the ones I ever will commit, all completely paid for, forgiven forever. He moves in, new life. Why would I keep focusing on exceedingly sinful? It doesn't make sense. And this is what Paul's trying to tell us. You see, the law is good, as, as, as Paul says here, but here's the deal. It never brought life to anyone. The rules never gave life to anyone. All they do is point out death. And they are good and right, and like I said, it's good that we know that, but our focus needs to be different. Because see, a law focus stirs up sin. I mean, I hate to, you know, God has changed me in so many awesome ways and I like to talk about that, but I still, you know, the reality is I look at myself, think about myself. You know, there are times that when, if I were to think about sin, and I'm not talking about even, I'm not being tempted or anything, but I think about sin. I, you know, I remember sin or I read about someone else's sin, this kind of stuff. I gotta tell you that there are times when all of a sudden I find myself drawn to that. Because of all things we talked about last week, right? And something else we'll see in a little bit. And so when we focus on that law and the sin, man, it stirs up sin, he says. And, and creates bigger problems for us. And, and here's what that does then, I think, is that when we're focusing on all the, the rules, don't, 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 do, 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 and we're focusing on that instead of on his open, loving, growing relationship with, with Christ, when we're focusing on all that, it keeps telling us your identity is sinner. That's what the law does. Your identity is sinner. Well, you think the way I'm describing myself to you today, that identity would be about right, wouldn't you? <laughs> Almost 100,000 times, still a struggle. Yeah, but it's not right anymore. Remember, let's go back and review again. I know we reviewed it last week and we did it last fall, but we just, we really got to get this. This is a choosing to believe the right thing so we can do the right thing. Remember, there are three primary big parts to us as human beings. We are spiritual beings, okay? We are spiritual beings, we have a soul, and we live in a body, okay? And, And this, the spiritual being that we are, this is our true identity, at the core of our being. That's what we talk about, right? What is someone really deep down inside? Who are you? That's what we're talking about here, okay? And, and our, this is where we have a relationship with God. And our soul is, is our mind, how we learn to think about things, our emotions and choices and how we do the, all of that inside personality kind of stuff. We have this soul. And then, of course, we live in the body. And I said last week that the body has no morals, right? The body likes what feels good and doesn't like what feels bad It's that it's a party waiting for a place to happen, okay? So, here's the reality. Before I receive Christ, before you receive Christ, it's deep down in my spirit, the core of my being, who I really am, my identity, was sinner. I had a sinful nature deep down inside. Life was about me. It's selfish and, and I didn't want to surrender to God. I mean, I believed that he was there and I had my religion. But I was in charge and and I was dead to God here. I had no life of God in me. And because that was true, it was like gangrene. Remember we said, what does gangrene do? Gangrene is when a piece of flesh is injured so badly that it actually dies. And if it stays there, it will continue to spread and corrupt around it. and eventually you lose a limb. And so my spirit within me was like that deadness to God and the sin nature was like gangrene because what it is. It came out and corrupted my soul from the time I little and began thinking about things. And I, it affected how I look at things and look at life and how I feel about things and my decisions and, and my memories and all of that been corrupted by that. And then, of course, I lived it out here in the world, in my body, okay? But that moment that I received Jesus Christ as Savior, that moment I finally said, I know I've sinned, and I know I'm lost, and I need a Savior. I believe Jesus died for me, and rose again from the dead. And April 4th, 1975, about 10 o'clock at night, I said, okay, I get it, I'm not saved. I believe, and I receive Christ as Savior. At that very moment, the deepest part of me, my spirit, came alive. God moved in, changed my nature way down deep here inside. My identity changed from being a sinner to the way Paul refers to us time and time again in the New Testament as being saint. Saint, Saint Walt, that has a kind of a cool ring. I am totally deep down inside. I want to do what's right now deep down inside. I love God. I love people down inside. I look an awful lot like my older spiritual brother Jesus inside there. Okay? Now, the rest of my life as a Christian is about that reality becoming a reality out here. Because of that, I can now understand things differently, look at different, and I can start to change the way I think. I can be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I can be changed, learn to think differently. And we look to the word and the wisdom, and and we can look at the rule then, and get, okay, that doesn't belong. But I'm focusing on this life of God, and the grace of God in my life, and, and going forward. It's not a sin focus. It's a letting God change me focus. It's a loving God. Learning to love him, learning to love people focus, And then of course, as that changes, then I change what I do out here in the world. Change what I don't do out here in the world. So, are we still sinners when we come to Christ? No, no, no. Look, we're gonna change it. You gotta, see, we gotta choose to be the right thing. No, no, you, you no longer say, I am not a sinner. I am now a saint who is learning not to sin. And the difference is huge. Because as long as you say, I am a sinner, I'm just a sinner, what are you going to do? Sin. When you say, wait a minute, I'm a saint, I can make a different choice. Now, this really, well, let's just let's get here, this is chapter 7 here. We're on page 1300 in the Bible that's there in the chairs, if you haven't already grabbed one. And let's pick up in verse number 17. The Apostle Paul talks about this whole idea of the struggle and what's going on, okay? And we have to believe the right thing so we can do the right thing. Verse 17 of chapter seven, talking about when he sinned and and what's going on. He says, but now, and what he's talking about, when I've sinned, but now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Now that almost sounds like an excuse, doesn't it? <laughs> right? Oh, that money that's missing? Ah, uh, well, you know, I didn't do it. Sin, sin that lives in me did it. <laughs> no, I still choose to go along with sin. But what he's saying is this I, the one who have been redeemed by grace, the one who have been changed who now I'm in Christ, I, the one who died with Christ and died to sin, and I who have the new life of Christ within me, I, I don't do that anymore. But sin, there's still sin in me, right? My soul, my spirit. Remember it's a work in progress? Remember that? This whole thing's a work in progress. And so sin is still there. So let's read on. He says, for I know that in me that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. And by flesh, he doesn't mean just his body. His flesh, he's talking about me operating independently of God when I'm not surrendered to the Lord here. For I know that in me that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me. I, I, I want to do what's right, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. So do you see what he's saying? This is who I am. This is my identity, this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be for all eternity. But in my members, the other parts of me, sin is still there and I struggle. And what we want to about is how do we win that struggle? How do we do better in that struggle? See, here's the problem. We have indeed, when we receive Christ, we have been freed from the penalty of sin and we have been freed from the power of sin, but we have not yet been freed from the presence of sin. I find that evil is present with me, the one who wants to do good. There is coming a day when we will be freed from the presence of sin. That moment that I breathe my last and I check out and go to be with the Lord, no more presence of sin. If Christ returns for us and takes us, no more presence of sin. That day is coming, but we live in a sinful world. We live in a fallen world. And so evil is indeed present with us. Now here's the problem and, and it's why you have to understand these truths that Paul's talking about because we do struggle with sin. We struggle, right? We, temptation comes and we aren't paying attention. Next thing you know, we're too far down the road. The so temptation comes and we believe a lie and we're gonna, we think it's going to do for us something that it never can do for us. And, and we, we disobey God. And then you go, oh, here I am again. And you get discouraged. And you get back up and you go on. And then, man, this happens again and again and again. You start to feel desperate. And then finally you just give up. That's the danger, right? Because you really come to believe, okay, this is just the way I am. It's just who I am, just the way I am. And Paul says, no, you're not. That's not the way you are. Don't believe that. Don't believe their lie. So we've got to get this. You see, what happens is that sin deceives us. Hebrews talks about that. He warns about that. He says, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Because sin... The lies that you have believed, because Satan has done a good job, right? He's the, the prince of this world. He, he's done a good job, you know, with the lies and what we believe and what we think will do things. And we have all those memories and we have all those feelings and all of that. And, and sin says, uh-huh, uh-huh, look, see, you aren't really changed. This is the way you really are. And deceives us. Or deceives it says, no, 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 this really will make you feel more secure. This will make you feel more important. This this will take, you know, you won't feel so bad. And so we got to be careful that we are not deceived by sin. So let's look at verse 17 again. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Verse 20, uh, verse 21, I find that a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good, and so we have this struggle because sin or evil is present. It's like we have an unwelcome roommate. (laughs) You're living in a place with a roommate that you wish wasn't there, but he is, and he's all the time trying to cause you trouble, trying to deceive you. You can't evict him, but you don't have to go along with him. You are free to say no. And so really, you know, I don't sin because it's just who I am. I don't sin because, well, that's just what I do. I sin because the sin that is present with me deceives me, and I believe a lie, and then I act on it. See, we're getting into a whole other thing about how you approach your old Christian life, right? You do need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How you see all of these things. So get this, sin is present, and sin is deceitful. That's why you struggle. Sin is present, sin is deceitful. Just don't fall into the lie of saying it's just who I am. It's just the way I am. It's not. You can make a different choice. You can choose to present yourself to God instead of to sin. You can choose to uh, keep reminding yourself that, wait, sin brings death. I don't want to go there. And so you have to choose to believe the right thing so you can choose to do the right thing. Now, two final very important things that we need to understand here. Let's look in verse 24. Paul says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's just stop right there. Here's a danger and and some of us are more prone to it than others and I am prone to this danger and here's the danger, that I substitute all that whole law thing where we talked about all the rules, follow the rules, follow the rules, da-da-da-da. Yeah, that doesn't work. Are we, are we agreeing with that doesn't work? Doesn't, doesn't give life. It brings us sin focus, a wrong, all that. Okay, we get that. So I exchanged that for a new list. Okay. Choose to believe the right thing so you can do the right thing. The right things are presenting yourself to God and remembering that sin is terrible and, and it's not you that do it. Okay, da-da-da-da-da. What's missing from this picture? Let's go back to our, our illustration of, of having your spouse and, you know, having, oh, I'm not going to commit adultery. I'm not going to think this way. I'm not going to make her mad. And so that's not a healthy relationship, right? Okay. Christian. Okay, I got. I'm I got to choose to believe the right thing. Okay, I'm believing the right thing. I'm believing the right thing. Okay, so that means I, I got to choose to believe the right thing. I'm believing, so I can do the right thing. And the right thing is to present myself to God. Okay, I need to present myself to God, and I need to remember to say, "Is that a healthy relationship with God?" Oh no. It's God. I need you. Here I am. You know me. You've changed me and yet sin is present with me and I have this struggle that the Apostle Paul talks about. I I love you, I'm grateful to you, I need you. I need you to help me believe the right things so I can do the right things. So you see what he's saying? Who's gonna deliver me? How's this gonna work? I, I, I got these principles, I got these truths, and how's it gonna work? The Lord Jesus Christ has to deliver me. I have to live this in relationship with Christ, dependent on him. Aware of him, crying out to him. So it's not just about principles and truths. It's about a relationship with Christ and then living out those principles and truths with him, in dependence on him. And then let's read the rest of verse 25. He is delivering us. But he says, so then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. The struggle is still there. Is Jesus delivering me? He is. He's at work in my life. He's, He's going to be faithful to complete that which he started in my life. He's going to do it. He's going to do it in yours. But the struggle is still there. And that means that from time to time, we sin, we fail. And then it's like... Chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I failed again. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I know, but by now I ought to do better, and I have done better, but now here I am again, how to get. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Isn't that good news? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you tell us the truth that we need to hear. And Lord, help us to really believe what you said, that we really are united with your son in such a way that we're free from the controlling power of sin. Help us to believe that we can choose to present ourselves to you instead of sin. Remind us of the devastation of sin and and remind us how dependent we are on you. And thank you so much that when we fail, We are not condemned because you already condemned sin when Jesus died. Pray for anyone here today, Father, who does not know you, that they would come into a relationship so that that there will no longer be any condemnation for them too. And help us to live out these truths. Help us to make a better choice today, Father. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being here. Next week, we'll be in chapter eight. Pastor Dave, I've asked Pastor Dave to preach to us next week on chapter eight. You're dismissed.